1: What up? This is Myron and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, die bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you were listening to right here on the Odyssey app or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. I'm not going to judge you as long as you're liking, subscribing and doing all those good things that goes as well for our YouTube page and our social medias. Also, if you're looking for the gear, if you want to be down, if you want that street cred for rocking the rye bread, hit up at simply.cora on Etsy or Instagram. That's at simply.cora. Hey, we're back this Monday regularly. Season three of the rye bread and mustard a mariners podcast begins man it is gonna be an interesting off season when we first started this podcast you know the mariners were coming off of that 2021 uh, campaign Uh, made some big trades it was like let's see what's going on we had julio in that first season obviously went to the playoffs last year's season was like empire strikes back you know uh, so hopefully this is the Return of the Jedi uh, season. If you do not know Star Wars, uh, shame on you. Um, put down those Harry Potter books. Get into some Star Wars action. Some classic Star Wars. But on today's impromptu Thanksgiving weekend, leftovers slash I am trying to numb my feelings about the Seattle Seahawks episode. Uh, We are going to be talking a little bit about Blake Snell. Obviously, the Gino trade to the damn Diamondbacks. uh, Getting another one of our fan favorites uh, dealt by Jerry Depoto. We're also going to talk about why that kind of triggers the feelings of the Seawall trade. Hey, um, with the Mariners seemingly not in the Otani sweepstakes as far as everybody knows talking a little bit about plan B and a lot of people talking about Soto as well as a little bit of a rant session or a bitching and moaning session a couple ticket holders that did not renew their season tickets for 2024 we're going to hear about it and why and what and what would make them renew their tickets uh, most of this conversation happened at the Sloop Tavern prior to this trade with Gino Hernandez. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that when we get back. And we'll dive more into that on Monday morning when we start the new season of the Rye Bread Mustard a Mariners podcast. And I'm going to shut the hell up and we're going to get into this episode right after this.
0: Get ready to play hardball in the
2: kingdom.
3: Take me to the ball game. I wanna see the, ends. the Mariners are playing hardball.
1: again and again
2: and again. It again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the
1: Kingdom. Alright, if you're watching the Seahawks, uh Thanksgiving Day game, Uh, you notice that Blake Snell, last year's NL Cy Young winner, free agent, and homegrown local boy was raising the 12th man flag, which has gotten everybody uh, talking online, talking on social media. Is this a sign he's coming to the Mariners? Uh, Possibly. Possibly could be. Um, How excited I would be about that. Uh, it depends. It depends on uh, what else is happening. Uh, I personally kind of feel like it's similar to the another Robbie Ray uh, trade. He's, you know, coming off of Cy Young. He's in that very early thirties range. I just have a hard time seeing him give a big discount to the Seattle Mariners coming off of a Cy Young. I'm sure his agents. Maybe doesn't really want to do that, but, you know, he's been very vocal about wanting to come here, and uh, that's something that we bring up here in this, this discussion. This was recorded at the Sloop Tavern in Ballard, right off of Market Street, nestled right in between the Ballard Locks and the Nordic Heritage Museum, right there on Market Street. Great kitchen, great atmosphere to watch the games, authentic Ballard bar. Thank God it's still there. Anyways, here's our thoughts on the Blake Snell situation. What do you think about Blake Snell? Any smoke there, Hannah?
3: You know, I read an article by USA Today's Bob Nightingale, and he mentioned Blake Snell and him being for Seattle, saying Blake, saying that he would love to come here. He didn't talk about, you know, specifics as far as contract, but. It's nice to hear a Seattle guys saying they want to come here. Especially a great player, you know, this year's Cy Young Award winner. Um, I think there's a way for it to make it happen. You know, spend some money. All that money you're making on a, uh, on your profits. Um, you know, I just want good players, and if they and if good players want to come here, and then we shun them, that bugs me.
4: Uh, I'd love to see Blake Snell come here. Just because I, I, I like seeing local products. I love seeing, like Ma was saying, I love seeing Corbin Carroll in, in the World Series. That was really cool. That was fun. I mean, I, you know, I'd love to see Corbin Carroll play for the Mariners also. We I, I, you, you don't get many, you know, players coming out of the Seattle area just so come back here and actually be good.
1: You know. Well, Blake Snell's going to be commanding probably a $200 million contract. That's the other thing. He's not just going to be like, I'm going to do one year and bet the farm on myself for what? He was he was a Cy Young. He's going to cash in. Uh, but a way I could possibly see this is maybe you deal somebody. Maybe you deal Logan. Gilbert or something like that then I could see signing Snell and this is obviously without Atani here and then going out and trading for a front and bat and making room on the in the rotation that's the only way I could see that happening I don't think it's going to happen but that's that's how I would think I think that would make sense kind of
4: what we're getting at is we just want to see the Mariners make one big move how about just one big move with this offseason you know, make one big trade, whether it's Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, Otani, something like that. Get one of those guys here and then then build off that. You know. That's what we're that's what we're missing
1: right now, I think. Is Soto a free agent? No. Soto is he has one more year one more deal, one more year on his deal with San Diego. So he would be a one year rental unless you get a uh sign and trade deal. Yeah, trade Same with same with like Pete alonzo he has one more year left
4: on his deal. And so they're talking like we have to give up Bryce Miller or Wu in a package, you know, with some other guys to try to get one of those big bats over here.
3: I said I agree with you, Myron, on the Snell scenario. Uh yeah, that makes perfect sense, you know, if that was to happen. Uh, the 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 Soto the Alonzo talk yeah they're great players I'd like to have them but there's that risk of them not coming back and it all for me depends on what the trade would be what what top end prospects or not even prospects you know starting pitching would be involved in a trade for a Soto or a Alonzo that's what it comes down to for me I mean are you what are you guys feeling is it. I just want him. I don't care what we give up for him or yeah, it's just interesting to see how the Mariners are going to go after this uh, off season. I mean, they, with all the backlash, the, the talk from Jerry DePoto at the end of the year press conference, um, the slap in the face to the fans of, you know, his comments. I mean, they have some, they have some, they got some work to do to get some fans back and believing in him again. And, It's just going to be interesting to see if they open up the pocketbook and, you know, make these trades or make these deals or free agents that are a little riskier and things that they don't usually um, play with, you know, and go after. But we need that, too. We need a lot, don't we, Ma?
2: Yep. I mean, you traded away Seawald. It was fun watching him again in the World Series. but It
1: wasn't fun at all. Well. (laughs) <laughs> I like the blew Blue save. Yeah. And though this was recorded uh, you know, before the Gino trade, I still feel like you are going to have to move somebody out of the uh current uh rotation for it to make the most sense. Um, but we'll just have to see. We'll jump more into that on Monday. Maybe something's gonna happen here over the weekends. I'm sure tons of drunk Seahawks fans at the game were taking this as a signal that the the deal is done. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying no. I, I, I am turning down a Cy Young uh, award pitcher coming off a of Cy Young award year. I'm just a little bit more in the camp of we need to get some offense. We just traded... Gino Hernandez, and we just along with not giving Teo Hernandez his qualifying offer, tons of strikeouts coming off the board, uh, some money coming off the books, but also a shitload of uh, run production and hitting in scoring position, so uh, and and leadership. So, again, uh, we'll get right into the Gino thing right after this
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: So obviously, uh, we didn't get to talk about the Gino thing because it happened uh, after this recording. But my feeling on this is uh, another one of these. This We're going to have to see how this shakes out because as far as... Losing one of the guys, I mean, this this is big. This is huge. This is on the level, if not bigger, than losing Seawald of what the guy brings to the team. Um, big and clutch situations, maybe not as much last year, but um, plays a good third base. Yeah, you are eliminating the strikeouts, but I'm, right now I'm trying to focus on what, Positives we are are walking away from by trading him to Arizona, which I don't think the return on this is what it's about. It's about clearing up some spending money that uh, Jerry and the organization are uh, allowed to spend. Um, I look at the third basemen that are available. There's a lot of third basemen that maybe you can just lock up for a year. But a lot of these guys are a bit older than than Gino. I, but I do look at a uh, Evan Longoria, a Turner, a um, oh, one year with them. Uh, low commitment is not too bad. Um, you're definitely looking at people that make more contact. But um, you know, Gino, as far as what he brought with the good vibes he's leaving this organization and the locker room in a better place. But a a big fan favorite. I know my 92-year-old grandma, uh, Norma, does not want to discuss this right now. Uh, Hannah was a huge fan of Gino, especially what he's done with his gloves. So it's going to be interesting to hear what happens on Mondays. And, gosh, I feel bad for uh, Luis Castillo. This is one of the guys he played with, came up with in Cincinnati. And, um you know, probably a big instrumental part of making, uh, you know, the Rock feel comfortable and wanted and signing the deal here. One of those definitely like, hey, you better show me why you did this situation. I get it. I understand it. It it just hurts. It's just one of those ones that just hurts, especially around the holidays. But again, he's shown a lot of these younger players you know, like Julio and Cal and all these guys, the way, you know, uh, the Mariners have had some of these really good um, veteran uh, mentor types in the locker room, whether it's Carlos Santana, whether it's Gino, whether it's Teo, um, you know, kind of. I kind of think back to like when the Seahawks kind of did this with Lawyer Malloy with Sidney Rice, you had veterans come in with those Legion of Boom guys and you know, in the 2010 and uh, 2011 seasons uh, when these guys were first coming up, uh, really showing them the way I'm hoping that's what's happening here. I know with Kyle Seeger. uh, You had a, Real leader in the clubhouse, very outspoken on his way out, very bittersweet end. But, you know, he shaped and molded a lot of what you see out of leadership from from J.P. Crawford. And, uh, you know, Gino came in here, and this is a big credit to Gino. It's like we feel like, a lot of us feel like, wow, we didn't even miss a beat, you know— Seeger and Suarez had different strengths, but a lot of similarities. And uh, one of them was definitely uh, providing runs, uh, not great on the average, and really, really good in the field. Maybe playing their best. I mean, we all know how Kyle Seeger was, was with the glove, and we saw how Gino kept improving. And for my money, was snubbed of not being a finalist. <laughs> Or, you know, third base, uh, gold Glove third baseman. But anyways, it's a tough one. I am going to eat my emotions on this one. And we'll talk a little bit about it on Monday with Hanno. One thing I do want to mention that the uh, Eugenio trade to Arizona does to me, at least, and I, maybe to other people, it kind of leaves this triggering feeling. It definitely hit this funny bone. It definitely triggered the feeling of trading Paul Seawald, another beloved mariner last season that we had to watch play throughout the playoffs into the World Series from, you know, outside the gymnasium staring in at the dance, watching everybody else have fun at watching everybody else fog up the windows and that's how it felt. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not feel good about what we got in return, especially in Canzone. Bliss does look promising in the minors as well. And Rojas is good bench depth, especially from the left side. Canzone does not strike out a lot, uh, he's a put it in play guy, which it seems like that's what the Mariners are rebuilding to be as far as the lineup this next year so going forward I do feel like it was a pretty good trade Uh, last year you know it was hard to see how that was going to help the Mariners you know right then and there Um, possibly that trade was a trade for the future Um, which I shouldn't say possibly because that's that's pretty much how it was laid out but then there was also like no this helps the lineup this year which is also just a little bit of a cleanup job when the mariners went on that long streak to not act like they threw in the towel we're kind of discussing all of that right here that we did at the sloop tavern in ballard along with the need of finding somebody to be that closer on the mariners check it out yes once you lost seawald your bullpen just wasn't like your strong point anymore it was um it was not anything that anybody feared they couldn't shorten the game as much uh but also he gave up some he gave up a couple of games in Arizona. I don't know what the war on that trade is like but uh maybe in the long run it could be better but last year it definitely sucked for what we needed if they were gonna give him up for more offense uh like Hanno said, he thinks it was a trade for the future and just the Mariners got themselves back into it. It wasn't a a trade for last year. Right. You know, is that what you said?
3: Yeah. I just felt like the Mariners felt they were out of it and yeah, it was to uh, acquire something for a guy that um, was your best trade piece that would give you back the most value. And uh, that's why they did it. And I kind of got to agree with you, Myron. I mean, yeah, last year was tough, but – and I kind of like Canzone too. It's still early on him. We haven't seen the young kid, Bliss, who was in Tacoma. I was reading – the second baseman I was reading he won the uh, Fall League MVP for defense. So the jury's still out on him. Rojas was okay. So I guess I would just say it's a, the, the trade's incomplete to judge it right now.
1: Yeah, and Rojas is good depth. I have no problem as a depth guy. Is that the guy I want to trot out there and be starting second baseman on opening day? I'd I'd hope maybe it's something stronger, but he's definitely um, one of those guys that I'm like, I like him better than I like a Haggerty and maybe even a Dylan Moore. I don't know. So uh, I kind of like that for for that, but... um,
3: and But it gets back to Ma's point. We're we're gonna need a closer or something. I mean, or a, a someone to replace what Seawald gave us. It, are we going with Munoz Brash again? Do we feel that they can be the guys that can take that role, that responsibility, or are they not? Or are we gonna have to go get a closer? Are we gonna have to go get a third setup guy, like you said, Myron, to shorten the game? So someone needs to be picked up no matter what, like Ma said.
1: Yeah, there is an opening. I don't care whether they say there's no closer It's 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 high leverage only. I, I know, you need a closer.
4: Yeah, and, you know, my opinion is there's, an, there's a new breed of closer out there these days, too. You get these guys that are uh, coming up throwing 103 miles an hour, you know, like uh, Duran maybe. There's just like Four or five guys in MLB right now that are throwing 102 plus, 103. You're seeing it, you know. And there's guys, these guys in the minor that are just coming up that are a new breed. And I think that's the new kind of closer that
3: that I would like to
4: see the Mariners have.
3: Baseball sure has changed, Junior.
2: Yeah, the XCOM replaced the diamond.
3: And can you imagine facing three pitches? Emerson.
0: Base ejector caught him snoozing. Why did it would
3: all change? All sport. The game just got too easy. The unsurpassed taste of all sport. A third more carbs than Gatorade for energy could make the difference. Next yeah. up, your grandson's up. Ken
0: Griffey the fourth. Next, It's going, it's going. Watch out, Center Bluff.
3: Oh! Center brook got him. He was robbed. All
0: sport body quencher. The game will never be the same.
1: This next segment is pretty straightforward. We're just talking a little bit more about Juan Soto, Pete Alonso. Uh, a little bit about India and just uh, talking about why, in particular, maybe you'd want Soto more than Pete Alonzo. Doing this with the Ninja, Ma Baker, and Hanno again from the Sloop Tavern in Ballard, in Seattle, on Market Street. Check it out. His plate discipline is, you
4: know, off the charts.
1: That's what the whole
4: you know whole thing is. He doesn't doesn't swing at bad pitches.
1: And he feels like he's been around forever, but he hasn't. He has, but he's what, 25 years old? Yep. So he's only a couple of years, old, like three years older than me.
3: So, with a guy like him, yeah, you guys are right. Incredible hitter, been around so long, came up as a young kid that it does feel like he's in his 30s, but he's not. Got a lot of career ahead of him. For a guy like that, I've seen some things. What, what would it take to get a guy like that? Would it take a George Kirby, a Kelnick, uh, a big high prospect, maybe a Harry Ford? Is that something you guys would pull the trigger on? That's a lot. I
2: think,
1: yes. I think the Padres, though, before who you think, I just want to say this. I think the Padres, if they're making a trade on somebody like Juan Soto, only has one year, but look at the rest of their team. They have a lot of money committed. at a the, maybe. They maybe they have they do get Snell back. Uh, so I think they're going to want somebody that affects the team this year. So I yeah, you're talking uh, one of one of the starters or somebody who's a starter. Maybe a Miller. Maybe uh, a Wu. Um, Maybe somebody, maybe not one of our offensive players in the in the minors, but I think it's somebody right now. Maybe it's Jared Kelnick, you know. So I think I would be
4: willing to give up more form if it was a sign and trade. You know, you, I would give up the house form to sign a, you know, a five or six year contract with us. You know, if that was the case, then this, the price goes up. If it's just for a one-year rental, you know, then it's like a, a Harry Ford or a Wu or a Clap, you know, one one of our good prospects for him. And same goes with Pete Alonzo. Is he going to be a sign, you know, a trade and sign him kind of guy? Then the price tag kind of goes up. Pete Alonzo's due about $21 million next year, you know, if you sign him for five years for – 120 million, something like that. If, if we're able to do that, then I would, yeah, you know, but I'd rather have Juan Soto. We're talking, you know, fantasy baseball right now. What I, I, would like to see.
1: I mean, and you forget too, a couple of years ago, we wanted Juan Soto so bad after, during, and during the trade deadline when it was the Juan, the Juan Soto sweepstakes and the Padres pulled, were the ones that pulled the trigger
3: you're right. And they gave up a boatload for him. And so like you guys mentioned with only one year remaining, it could be less.
1: Again, I'd love to see either of those. If I had to be pressed on one, it's definitely Soto. I definitely just want to shore up that outfield spot that always just seems to be like a rotating hole out there. I know second base is something that we need to look into, but also I'm not seeing a second baseman that's knocking, you know, 30, 40 home runs, 100 RBIs. That's what I'm after right now, me personally, is we need at least 180 RBIs coming back just to be where we were uh, last year. As far as the contact stuff, sure, Soto is going to have a little bit more discipline than what we've had out there. But uh, also – and he has the most swag, so I feel like that's the guy I would go after. But I definitely would not be upset if we could get Pete Alonzo in here and get him long-term as well. And maybe there will be more you know, smoke to this story going forward now that we've made some more room. We'll talk about it again on Monday with Hanno. All right, this last segment is just more of a bitching and moaning and talking it out segment about the Mariners pumping up the prices on the season tickets and how they like kind of made you feel a little bit uh, pressured into the tickets and getting the playoff tickets last year and maybe some promises that weren't kept or you know the way they go about things kind of makes you feel a little bit not important for being a season ticket holder like maybe when you first got in We're just talking about it with two people that did not renew their season tickets, and we're going to find out if they're going to (laughs) renew their tickets. Look, this is hard-hitting shit right here, okay? Anyways, check it out. This was recorded at the Sloop Tavern in Ballard. It's Ma Baker. It's the Ninja. It's Hanno, and yours truly. It's time to hear from a couple of season ticket holders. Why... Ma, why did you not renew your tickets? And what were you pissed off about? You were telling me when we were starting this that you're pissed off early on. Well, I mean,
2: I didn't renew because, for one thing, they
1: upped the price. So
2: the same thing that I bought last year, they upped the price by 150 bucks. I said, and I asked why, and I got some BS, you know, response about blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what it was. It didn't even make sense. And I, I'm just, I'm I'm just over, and I'm tired. You know, all these years, and I just thought, well, you know what? If when they go to the World Series, I'll just buy spend a thousand dollars for a ticket, and i spending my money on the stupid season tickets, and and just go balls out for World Series tickets. You know, um, so I can just buy bleacher seats for any game I want to go to, and and not have to worry about. I mean, I'll miss paying the the Ticketmaster fees, but I also live close to the stadium, so I can just go down and buy them at the box office. But um, no, it just it, it you get tired of waiting. I got tired of waiting. How many years has it been? I'm tired of waiting, and
1: so there you go. But um, you've been around. You've been around since the Lefebvre years, since Junior was there. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, late eighties, you know,
2: and um, it's just. I've been waiting mm-hmm. as we
4: all have and yeah, and we got season tickets and then they come out with uh $10 special days <laughs> where every, you know, you can go buy a ticket to, you know, almost half the home games that were, yeah, for 10 bucks. So, you know, why do that? And then when we're about to, we're like two or three weeks out of making the playoffs then they decide, oh, you have to buy this whole script, and you have to pay for every, sure. every, every strip you know, um, possible playoff game that could happen up front to get t- that might happen in three weeks.
1: And then even when you're mathematically like, that's oh, then, not gonna happen. Then here. they waited
4: two days after we were mathematically eliminated to refund our oh, money. No, no, it was, it was two weeks. Two days. It was, no, it, it was, was three.
1: It was about a month. Yeah. The thing was, at one point, the Mariners. Did- they wanted to sell you the tickets. They made you buy the ticket card round one. We've never seen that here because we played in Toronto when we went to the playoffs. Same situation that was going to happen this year. We were either going to play at Baltimore or Tampa Bay, whoever whoever didn't win the East, and, and or we were going to win the West. So there was no mathematical way... The Mariners were going to play a wild card series that could possibly be three games in T Mobile Park. Right. But they still, they still, Charged I bought for it. Yeah. And I bought my, I paid for my playoff ticket strips after that was lock, stock, and barrel. They weren't playing here and they still made me pay for those up front. Right. They borrowed the money, they gave it back though.
4: Mm-hmm. No interest.
1: No interest. <laughs>
4: I do it. So, what's the advantage of getting your season tickets done?
2: Right. I mean, priority.
4: And then the other thing, sorry, Hannah, to cut you off, what did it for me was I got, you know, season tickets so that I would get my all-star and home run derby tickets, right? right? And I bought my home run derby tickets up in the Trident section, row two, you know, the – is that what it's called the 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 trident deck with the, trident the bar deck. we
1: were row 5 in the corner like you can't go any farther on on the down the line it was going to be great uh we were going to be in the shade uh we we bought those and then they major league baseball came in and said sorry we're taking the spot over yeah. they sent it us they sent us over to the first baseline in bake, the Bacon Both in signs. the sun they and, didn't
4: even give us an option or anything you know, they were like we're taking these tickets away from you and you go sit
1: over here. And then it was major league baseball's fault. I get it, but they have to then don't sell those to fans in the first. So that was his thing. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So the value of our tickets, let's just say you were going to resell them. They went down mightily and just the fan experience of where you're sitting in hot ass July sun at five o'clock because they have to. This is an East Coast market game, so they got to play the game at five five o'clock here in July is like three o'clock anywhere else.
2: I think I lasted half of inning on, uh, for that All Star game up in the, the sun.
1: ESPN e, ESPN Edmonds. Uh, well
3: well wasn't I wanted to make I wanted to ask you guys a question with the season tickets. Wasn't it another thing? Like, don't you guys get like auto-renewaled and they did that to you guys and raised the prices and didn't tell anybody? Isn't that am I remembering that correctly?
1: They don't like they it's not that they don't tell you they just they tell you the new price. They don't go, hey, it's gonna change. They do show you the new price, so it's not like they're
2: and they and they auto renew. You have to opt out. Yeah. They would just mm-hmm. automatically charge you. So if you're not paying attention,
4: yeah. The other thing was, and then they sent you the email like 24 hours before, like <laughs> we're gonna charge, we're gonna auto renew your your season tickets in 24 hours if you don't opt out of them. Well, and did- if you opt out of them, you're gonna lose all privileges. Right. So well, I was like, fine. Yeah. But
1: they did email us a couple times before that. But they did give us a 24 hour like we're gonna do it. And they did just go, this is the new price. And they didn't explain to you well, why. You're and just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I,
2: I opted out, you know, a month, two months before. And then I get an email saying, we're trying to charge a card and it won't go through. You need to put your card in. And I said, well, I'm, you know, because I automatically took my card out of there so that they wouldn't charge me. And I'm like, yeah, well, quit trying to charge me. I already told you I'm not going to do it. So. Yeah. They still try to get you.
1: Well, and also though we have to look at it. The say, Are we the idiots sitting here going? We're not signing Otani and we didn't renew our tickets. <laughs> and then we're gonna fucking wake up tomorrow before this episode. And out, they're gonna and be broke because we
3: didn't re- re- renew our, our tickets. tickets yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, over. but you guys, you did get a new ride parking lot, a new uh, uh, suites behind home plate. And a new hat back bar and grill. So you paid for song
1: Yeah. <laughs> right now, I did not renew, as, as I think I said there in the segment, but I'm planning on it. And trust me, at least once a day, there's a second where I'm scared that we are going to get Otani and there's going to be no season tickets left to have. But until that does or does not happen, I guess that will just be... Another one of my reoccurring nightmares along with me not being able to turn in my homework on time. Anyways, that's our episode for today. This was just an early Thanksgiving leftover slash forgetting about the Seattle Seahawks uh, woes right now episode of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. Season three starts this Monday. I'll be back with Hannah. We'll be talking about all the hot topics all the tea that we're seeing online, social media, what we're hearing, what we're feeling. We'll be back talking about it. Maybe you are having trouble finding more and more Mariner stuff after you go through all the other Mariner stuff. Well, this, that's why this podcast is perfect for you. We're, we're going through it all. We're talking about it all this Monday on the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast, season three, episode one. Right here on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Remember to like, subscribe, and share, and give us that five-star review. We love those five tool baseball players, but you know what? We love those five-star reviews just as much, maybe even more, than close family members. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up, let you get out of here. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday.